Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Victoria Benyon, and the founder of the Victoria Benyon Podcast Booking Agency. And you're listening to The Best Guest, the podcast for business owners, creatives, and entrepreneurs who want to harness the power of podcasts to grow their platforms and increase their visibility. We're here to support you on your journey, bringing you actionable tips with each episode. Now, let's begin. When Zach David, the podcast man, bought his first guitar at 13 years old for $27, little did he know this would be the start of his audio editing career. Zach played in a heavy metal band at high school, a folk trio in college, and big Latin bands in Peru when he was in the Peace Corps. These experiences gave him a wide range of audio expertise. Since 2016, Zach and his team have been producing and editing podcasts. And Zach is also our trusted audio consultant at the Victoria Benyon Podcast Booking Agency. So it gives great pleasure to welcome him. Welcome, Zach. Hey, nice to be here with you, Victoria, to be with the podcast booking maestra herself. I love it. Thank you for having me. You've been into audio for many years, producing and editing podcasts. I wondered if you could talk about why a podcast can be beneficial to someone in business, please. A good question to lead with. And every time I get asked this, I have more answers. So I have to kind of boil it down and think of the top ones, which are for entrepreneurs, which in my case is 95% of my clients is definitely driving leads towards their services and their products or driving customers towards their products rather. But that's not the only reason that it's beneficial for you know a business owner, an entrepreneur. That is the main part of it for them, but also we have to think about what I call kind of the hidden benefits, if you will, They may be things that, you know, they may not put money directly in your pockets in the here and now, but what it does is creates brand awareness. You get that no like trust factor going as a podcaster, as a business owner. Nowadays too, you definitely are going to want to film the video and at least grab some short clips from that as well. So you get that brand recognition, both your voice and your face. (laughs) So people know who you are because, hey, we, most of us, not all of us, but most of us don't have a brick and mortar place where people go and say, hey, Jim, how you doing? You know, this is, this is online business. So you have that brand awareness, that no like trust factor. People are getting to know you. Having a podcast is such an intimate way to connect with your listeners, right? So it's many benefits. I mean, I have a client who says, I don't even care if I get business from my podcast. I just love being able to connect with people, you know, in my industry. I learn from them. We make real connections. We refer each other and business. And it just, there's so many ways that it benefits a business owner, an entrepreneur, or if you're just a hobbyist podcaster, it, it'll benefit you too. Cause Hey, it's just, it's just a pretty darn fun thing to do, to be able to connect with people. And many times as a host, you are going to be able to connect with people, have them on your podcast, people that otherwise you may have not been able to book an hour chat with. And then obviously, I'm sure we'll get more into this, Victoria, but as a guest on podcasts, there's so many 
benefits too. So whether you're a business owner who has a podcast or you guest on other podcasts, or even better, you do both, there are just so many benefits to it. Yeah. I love the one you were saying about the networking aspect of it. That's one of the things I always really like. And you just you're maybe not going to be able to get that person to meet you for coffee, but they might come on your podcast. So it's a really good way to meet people. Yeah, absolutely. A little virtual coffee, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, if we can talk a little bit about audio, because I know that's something that you know a lot about. When we talk to people on sales calls or people we start working with who are brand new to podcasting, this is us booking them as a guest, but often they don't realize how important it is to have some basic equipment in place so that you sound really good when you're on a podcast. So I wondered if you could talk about the basic equipment that somebody ideally needs to have in place before they start podcasting or start being a guest on a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So the cool thing is, is you can sound amazing for under a hundred bucks. You have a laptop, grab a USB mic. You can get the Samsung Q2U or the Audio-Technica ATR2100X. I've said those a few times, so I remember the dorky model numbers, but those are a couple that are both going to run you under 100 bucks. Maybe get you know a nice little desktop stand or like a scissor arm or something so the microphone is nice and close to your mouth. We'll, we'll talk about that a little later too, but that's the main equipment. You know, if you want to upgrade, you can go to something like a Shure MV7 mic, like this one that I have that's also a USB mic. And then just, you know, making sure the room you're recording in is ready for you too. So you might want to put some sound treatment up because the room is just as important as the mic. And I know we're going to get into that maybe a little more too, as far as the actual microphone technique and things like that. But, but really just a good Mike, you know, it can be one of those ones I mentioned, 60 or 70 bucks literally on Amazon or on your, you know, in your favorite audio store, something to put the mic on so it's close to your mouth and probably also a pop filter, you know, something that's going to knock down that wind before it gets to the diaphragm of the microphone so you don't have those strong P and B sounds. So that's just a pop filter it you know kind of is that little disc looking thing or just the foamy one that goes right on the mic can work pretty well too but whatever you do do microphone tests do tests to make sure you're sounding good yes yeah that's good advice and i know this is something we've talked about before but the scissor arm so i need to get a new scissor arm for this microphone that i use but i i got one and yeah it was i think it was too cheap it was quite a rubbish one and it kind of fell apart under the weight of the microphone so I don't know if you have any recommendations for those or just don't get the absolute basic one. Yeah, pretty much what you said. But it's funny because the in the start here guide for my clients, the boom arm, a.k.a. the scissor arm that I recommend costs more than the microphone itself, which is kind of weird because I, I recommend the Rode one, R-O-D-E. But there are some, excuse me, kind of, there are some third-party ones on Amazon that, you, we know the story there with that stuff. It's always hit or miss. <laughs> so I'd probably just go with the Rode one. There are some other good ones, but you're probably going to need to spend at least 60 or 70 bucks on 
the boom arm because otherwise it they can be noisy. The little springs can make boing sounds or it just gets tired and your microphone starts to sag. Yes, I've had that with mine. You have it at the right height and then it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's happened to me as a musician too, and it's always like, like, what do you do? You just start to get shorter as you're playing the song. By the end, you're about three feet tall. So definitely invest in a good good scissor arm. If you do a desktop stand that's right in front of you, make sure that it's in a good spot where you're not going to bump it. Oh, that's that is a good benefit. Definitely, I hate it when you bump the microphone. That's one thing that the scissor arm is nice for is I, I can move my arms around like I'm doing some type of like salsa dancing here. And it's <laughs> my microphone is out of the way, so I, I don't risk bumping it. Yeah, you want to be able to dance salsa while you're doing your interviews. It's a good, good technique. It, you know, it gets the words out better. They flow better. <laughs> In terms of mic technique that you mentioned, what is good mic technique? Yeah, that's a great question. Now, it's going to depend on which mic you have. I most of the times I'll recommend a dynamic style mic. This is the polar pattern of the microphone. So that means where it's picking up the sound. So a dynamic mic, generally 99% of the time, it's going to pick up the sound that's close to it, which is the good thing about that is it rejects all the unwanted noise and the reflections off the walls of your, you know, your voice. The only bad part is you do have to be a little closer to it. So in the case of a dynamic microphone, I am about a fist length away. I'm a little bit closer because I put, if you get the MV7 mic, upgrade the little pop filter thing because the that's the only bad thing about that mic is it comes with a chintzy one. Maybe that's where they were cutting costs. I don't know. So I put on a new one, but the new one is twice as long as the actual diaphragm of the mic. So I do have to be a little bit closer to make up for that. But you want your mouth to be about a fist length away from the actual diaphragm, like the actual head, if you will, of the mic. You can be a little closer, a little further away. If you're too close, you're going to get these like low, rumbly, mumbly sounds. If you're too far away, you're going to get kind of this tinny, empty sound. And, you know, the podcast man and other audio producers can work some magic, but the better audio we have going in, or if you're a DIY, you know, audio editor for your podcast, the better the audio going in, the better you're going to be able to produce it in, in post-production. So another important thing is you do want the mic to be at an, to be off axis. So you don't want to be speaking straight into it generally, because what happens if you're speaking straight into it is it's going to pick up those P and the B sounds, the plosives, it's going to pick those up more. And you're going to, I don't know if you've ever heard an episode, even on the radio, I hear it every once in a while, where just the P and the B sounds are like making your speakers like vibrate and rattle or your, or your ears, your poor earlobes are like, stop it. So we want to be speaking off axis you know, like a 45 degree angle to the microphone. It can be to the side. Some people have the microphone kind of, if it's on your desk, it can be kind of looking up at you at like a 45 degree angle. It doesn't really matter as long as you're speaking into it at a 45, 45-ish degree angle. And now all these recommendations 
are for dynamic microphones. If you have a condenser mic, like a Blue Yeti, you, you know, a lot of audio engineers and producers like myself, they throw a lot of shade at the Blue Yeti. <laughs> and I think it's because, especially when I started, you know, podcast production and editing in like 2016-ish, the Blue Yeti had the best marketing for podcasters. Every podcaster needed to have a Blue Yeti. And then we realized that a Blue Yeti can pick up the sound of a fly passing gas three rooms away. You know, the Blue Yeti can pick up everything. But the Blue Yeti and other condenser mics can give you a more authentic sound to your actual voice. But you just absolutely have to make sure that there's no unwanted sound. There's no reflections off the wall. So you have a really sound-treated wall. You have the little foam things up on the wall and everything. So long story short, a condenser mic can work if you're in a very quiet room with little to no reflections off the walls, little to no echo. But in 95% of the time, you know, I just recommend a dynamic mic like the ones I mentioned earlier in the show. But a condenser mic does have different mic technique. You don't Oftentimes, you don't have to be quite as close to it. But with both mics, you do want to have some type of pop filter between your voice and the mic to knock down the wind coming out of your mouth. So, yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. I, I could keep going. I, this is the nerdy stuff that I love to talk about. But I'll, I'll pass the mic back on to you, Victoria. <laughs> that was really helpful. Thank you. You said that you've been involved with podcasts since 2016. How did that come about? Can you talk about a little bit about your journey? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So podcast editing, it started strictly as editing, you know, the, and I started on Fiverr.com. That's how I found my first clients. My oldest client, my longest, not oldest age-wise, but longest running client, <laughs> longest running client, she found me on Fiverr.com which can be a good place to find people to help you with your stuff too, if you're careful. <laughs> yeah, be careful. <laughs> it could be a good place and not a great place too, depending on what you're looking for. But so at, in that point in time, 2016 through 2019, podcast editing was a side gig for me. It, it was under the moniker of Zach David Music, which is my musician name. But then... Dun, dun, dun. You can put in the sound effect there if you want, or you can just keep mine. You know, I'll, I'll let you choose, Victoria. I like yours. Yours is good. <laughs> okay, cool. But then the pandemic hit, and you better believe I wish that didn't happen. But at the same time, there are silver linings for the podcast industry. People like you and myself, like we wish the pandemic didn't happen, but podcasting did take off. And my wife and I, we own a pet sitting business and I am a musician. I play gigs. And with the pandemic, both of those jobs, types of work went out the window for a while. So with the help of my sister and mentor and my, my own brain for somehow buying the domain, the podcastman.com, like even a few years before the pandemic, I always had in mind, like, I'm, I'm going to start the podcast, man. Well, the pandemic was the perfect time to launch, you know, the podcast, man. It, in early 2020, the podcast man launched as the wee little podcast baby. 
and since then it has grown into a distinguished gentleman. So the main difference is, you know, it before that when it was under Zach David Music, it was just editing, and then when the pod, when the pandemic rather happened, the podcast man was born as more of a full service type of agency offering, you know, other things that entrepreneurs either don't have time for, don't have energy for, or they just don't want to do it because I don't blame them. For sure. It takes time and energy to do editing, show notes, and all that other stuff that goes into podcasting. So that's the that's the long story of how the podcast baby was born into the podcast man. I was really good thinking to buy the podcast man dot com domain. Yeah, I I don't know what I was exactly thinking at that time. I am a little bit of a a domain dork, if you will. I have a bunch of URLs, you know, and you buy them and then what does it cost? Like 19 bucks a year or something to hold on to them. And so I probably have like 25 <laughs> in my Pokemon domain collection. <laughs> Got to catch them all. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what you do with your others. <laughs> Brilliant. You talked a little bit then about the services you offer, the show notes and things, because they are really time consuming. So what exactly do you help clients with, if you wouldn't mind talking about it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you for asking too. The main bread and butter and jam, you get jam on this toast too. So the main bread, butter and jam is the editing and publishing. So that means, and that goes for all of my clients, they at least get help with that with their podcast. And if it's if they come to me pre-launch, we also help with launching to the 50 plus directories that we keep track of, making sure the podcast is correctly live on all of those. So that's the main jam, you know, and the editing, I could go into more details, but it is really intensive. Listen through the full episode editing getting rid of all the unwanted mouth noises and weird sounds and big pauses and stuff, but also keeping it natural. You know, I like to keep the episodes natural because that's also part of the authenticity of a podcast episode. Have you ever heard an episode that's so overly produced and so edited that you're almost like, well, I don't know if I can believe this person because it sounds like a robot. So we keep it yeah, yeah, you you've heard those before. So we we keep it nat all natural, but also make sure that the host and the guest sound sound good and intelligent and you know, we try to get rid of the sound when Janice's cat comes and knocks over her microphone, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> so that's the main the main jam and then from there, the most common add-ons that we have are writing the show notes also known as the episode descriptions for each episode, and actually publishing them to the client's website. So most of my clients have those two kind of things going on. I'm helping them with the editing and the publishing. So the publishing to the host that then pushes it live to all the directories. So, you know, Libsyn, Buzzsprout, those types of deals. And then also the show notes and web posting. So most of my clients, they will never log into their host unless they want to see their stats and they'll never log into their website either unless they, well, most of them just never log into their website either because they used to do blog posts, but now they say, if I'm going to do a blog post, I might as well make an episode out of it. And then the podcast man is going to make it into a blog post for me. So, and then from there, there's also, 
human transcription, you know, taking what the robot did its best at that it can and then hu- making it human. So there's, <laughs> there's, yeah, it, it says weird things still. So uh, it needs a little help on the transcriptions and we're getting more and more, even since last time I talked to you, Victoria, we're getting more and more into the strategy side of things, teaming up with some of my colleagues. So that's very exciting too. And also helping with social media short video posts too. So lots of stuff going on over here, but what we don't help with that podcasters always need help with too is booking guests for their podcasts. So I know somebody who does that by the name of Victoria Benyon, Benyon, Benyon. Yes, that that is very true. We haven't talked about this yet, but you do sound checks with our clients. So when we start working with a client, they get their equipment and then we send them to you so that you can make sure that they are sounding good. They know they're confident with how to use everything so that they sound excellent to the hosts that we are connecting them with. Could you tell us what a sound check with you involves? Yeah. And I think this is such a great idea. I'm honored to work with you on this too, Victoria. And it's it's so important because, you know, the the success of the people that you work with also depends on them sounding good because they already know what they're talking about. You know, they have the knowledge in their head. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure you do help them with other, you know, helping them get ready for the interviews as far as, you know, techniques and stuff like that goes, but they have the knowledge. They have you helping them with really the hardest part is actually finding podcasts to be on. And you help with the flip side of the coin too, right? Helping podcasters find guests as well, correct? Yes. Some come to us and we'll ask for guests. That's awesome. So, but either way, whether you are a podcast host or you're a guest and I, this is so important because more often than not, I see guests struggling with their sound than podcast hosts, because if you have your own podcast, well, you better really, you know, focus on sounding good. But a lot of time guests, they'll overlook it. You know, they'll say, I'm just going to talk into my iPhone, you know, I, I, (laughs) what are they called now? Ear pods or I, I'm, I'm such a grandpa. I'm like, what do they call those things again? their AirPods if you're fancy, but that's it. A lot of times they'll think they can just go in and grab, you know, or just straight into their laptop mic. And these things can work in some cases if you're in like a perfectly quiet room with no reflections around. Again, we're going through that song and dance again, but but really it's super important that the guest, in my opinion, as an audio guy and I know you're on the same page too, Victoria, at least has uh, a good USB microphone. You know, I say I said USB microphone a million times, but you can definitely get an XLR one, the one with the little three prongy prongy doodles, and it plugs into an audio interface that then plugs into your laptop, which is a really nice setup too. And you know what we haven't talked about yet is that everybody in long distance recordings also needs headphones too. We definitely don't want to forget to talk about that. No, don't forget the headphones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because have you ever, listener, and I know, Victoria, you've heard this and probably we've cried some tears over this in the past, but listener, have you ever heard an episode where there's like echo going on the whole time? And that is because one person wasn't wearing headphones. So that way 
what happened was the audio coming through their speakers went back into their microphone and it caused a loop of echo and feedback. Sometimes people aren't aware that that can be a problem because I've certainly spoken to people who have said, but I sound fine. And you have to explain, yeah, but on the recording, it's going to cause a problem. <laughs> you need the headphones. Yeah. Yep. And that's another thing I always recommend in the, you know, do a sound check ahead of time too, to make sure that you're all set up. Have your episode checklist there. I always mention in the calls, the sound check calls to the, you know, the, the person I'm talking to, to make sure that they know that they need to choose the correct mic input before going into the long distance call. So in Zoom, you know, I can just go down right next to the little microphone. There's a little uptick. I click there and I can see my microphone is chosen as my audio interface because I have my microphone plugged into there. And my speaker, which is where I hear Victoria from, is chosen as my audio interface as well. So one confusing thing is that many of these microphones, USB mics, also have a jack in them for the headphones. So you can plug your headphones into the microphone or you can plug them into your laptop. Whatever you do, just make sure you have the correct output chosen as well. Output, AKA, I mean, as Zoom calls it speaker, you know, different apps will call it different things. But, and one thing that can confuse people too is that oftentimes when you're plugging straight into the microphone, my, my virtual background is making my microphone invisible. It's magic. But, but when you're plugging straight into the microphone, oftentimes it will do what's called active monitoring. So you'll hear your own voice too. And some people like that and some people don't. So if you don't like that, then just plug your headphones right into your laptop instead and choose your laptop as the speaker or the output. That's a good tip. I didn't know that one. Yeah. So... Just things like that we chat about on the sound check. And, you know, disclaimer, different mics and different laptops behave differently. And that is why we do the sound check, because I can give these tips to you right here on this podcast episode, but really to work with a professional or just if you don't have a professional on ham, really take your time, do tests ahead of time. Call your grandma on Zoom if she knows how to use it and do some tests. <laughs> she wants to talk to you. Give her a call, okay? And But yeah, things like that we chat about. We talk about mic technique. We talk about the room that they're recording in. We talk about internet connection too, which can cause big issues. It has caused issues to Victoria and myself before too. We're recording this for the second time because my internet was wonky. You just, and Victoria has so much patience. She's an amazing person to collaborate with. So thank you, Victoria. And just things like that, you're going to want a, not only a fast internet connection, but oftentimes what's even more important than fast is, and actually all the time, what's even more important than fast is reliable. So if you can be an, a super nerd, and maybe I should do this too, now that I'm thinking of it, is I don't though, so that's my bad, but you can run an ethernet cable out of your router into your computer. And when you're actually using an ethernet cable, you don't have to worry about wireless interference. And if you're one of those households that has 
and this is not an exaggeration, you know, the average house or home has dozens of smart devices connected to it, especially if you include the, the security cameras and everything. So all that stuff is using your internet connection. So at least what we do here and works 98% of the time is I'll connect everything to the 2.4 bandwidth one, and then I'll reserve the five gigahertz bandwidth one just for interviews like this. And that, that generally does the trick. But if you can plug the ethernet cable straight in, hey, do that <laughs> even better. That's really useful advice. And I really like having you on board as well, because our clients have different situations. They might be on the move or be in different recording spaces. And it's always great that they can actually talk to you about their their situation you know it's very personalized advice that you give and you really know what you're talking about that's the that's the benefit of hiring a you know a professional in anything you do because everybody's situation is unique in podcasting it's really beneficial if you want to save time save yourself from those rabbit holes and just know that it's done right to hire a professional and this goes for booking guests for your podcast and also as a guest booking to get on other podcasts, if you have help from somebody like Victoria and her agency, it's, and she didn't tell me to say this. I'm just telling you straight up as a fellow podcast service provider, it's going to save you a lot of time. And you know that you're going to get on valuable podcasts that align with what your mission and vision is. Or if you're looking for guests, you're going to get guests that align with your podcast mission. So just Get get some help if you if you can. It really is going to help the success of your podcast, and you're not going to have to pull as many of your hairs out too. So we all want to keep our hair. We do, yeah. We definitely want to keep our hair. <laughs> as someone who edits lots of different podcasts, can you tell us what you think are the necessary elements to a successful podcast? Yeah, oh, I learned so much from editing podcasts. It's such a nice such a nice benefit. Side note, but that's that's great. I love my clients' podcasts that I work with. And I've learned a lot of, you know, techniques and things that I can teach my clients to trial by fire, you know, and also by research and by working with my fellow podcast pros. And, you know, as far as audio goes, a successful podcast is really going to come down to everything we already talked about, making sure that all participants have at least a good mic plugged in. They know how to use it. They're wearing headphones. And beyond that, you know, I, I hate to say this, but what's even more important oftentimes than the audio quality is having amazing content and having strategy behind it to make sure that it's getting into the right earballs. I don't know who invented that in our industry, but somebody said earballs and it's stuck. Unfortunately, it's kind of weird, but so you want to make sure that you're getting into the correct listeners ears. We'll just we'll just say that. So the strategy is so important and I think what you need to do as a podcaster just because we can all get stuck in this goes for our businesses and even life in general. We just get stuck doing what we are already in the pattern of doing. But what we need to do is make time. And even it, this needs to be blocked out in the calendar. 
is making time for growth too and keeping up to date on what's working in podcasting, both in general and for your specific podcast and your specific industry. So you need to block out time that's actually called like strategy and growth. And this can also, you can hire amazing people to help you with strategy as well. I, I have some great colleagues that I can, you know, I team up with and you can either, you know, I can push you in their direction or we can team up on a call, but getting different perspectives on strategy too from different coaches and consultants just to help push you in the right direction and inspire you too because, you know, once you get to 20, 25, 30 episodes, you got a good rhythm going, but you maybe are still not seeing much ROI or, you know, benefit coming back because it takes time in podcasting. So it's really being mindful about strategy organic, authentic connections, one-on-one -on -one connections with your listeners, like never underestimate the power of the one-on-one -on -one connections because those one-on-one -on -one connections turn into that person telling another person. And then that person tells two more people. So kind of that idea is inspired by Pat Flynn, his book, super fans. Have you read that one, Victoria? Do you know, I haven't, I'm going to put that on my list. Yeah, it's such a great book. And it, it just, it's true, you know, just think about when you launch a podcast and you tell your family and friends and they're pumped about it, you know, they listen and they tell their family and their friends, you know, but that can happen with people that you didn't previously know too. And it should happen with those people too, because you're making that authentic connection. And I think I like the hybrid model here of authentic, real organic connection, but also using tools such as overcast.fm and Mowpod, M-O-W-P-O-D. I'm, I'm not sure what that stands for. Maybe it's Mowgli Podcast. I, I don't know. That would be cool. But things like that, you know, they it runs the gamut, but you can see good results from two or 300 bucks a month. And basically what these can do for you is get your podcast in front of people who actually listen to podcasts because they're seeing or hearing these ads while they're listening to other podcasts and in the same or similar industries. So definitely look into that, but be very careful with anything that comes to your inbox that says, dear sir or dear miss, I will get your podcast 10,000 downloads, you know, and Sometimes it you it could work, but it's going to be 10,000 people that probably don't align with your business or your podcast and and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, these other directories, they can see that and say, "Hey, this is looking fishy, this is looking spammy, and you could get into some issues." So make sure that it's reputable the help you're getting with these this paid advertisement. Overcast.fm, Maupod, these are good ones. Sometimes I think even Spotify, you know, they there's tools inside these different directories that can definitely help you with the, the growth of your podcast. So organic plus paid and just strategizing, sitting down, really thinking of what is going to be the best for my listeners, what's going to keep them listening the full episode and what's going to ultimately lead them to wanting to work with you because you're the expert, you know, what's going to 
lead them to wanting to book you as uh, their coach or buy your book, right? So, oh, there's so much. I could, I just stop me now. There's smoke coming out of my head, I think. <laughs> that's, that's really useful, all that you've shared. So thank you so much, Zach. Awesome. Yeah, well, just in case, you know, somebody comes and chops off the recording at the end. I want to thank you too, for having me on your podcast, Victoria. And I, I, I just love collaborating and working with you and chatting with you. Yeah. Me too. I really appreciate your time today. So where can listeners go to connect with you? If you want to check out the podcast, man, it's just the podcastman.com or the podcast man on Instagram and, you know, I should be paying a little more attention to the other social medias, but Instagram is where I mostly hang out. So that's where you can find me. Perfect. Thank you so much. I will put that in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Victoria. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Guest Podcast today. I'll talk to you again in the next episode.